everyone. Welcome back to the Farming for Passive Income show. Today, we have Gino Barbaro. Gino, welcome to the show, man. Thank you, Casey. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. So excited to have you on the show. You are obviously a great investor in multifamily, but you also have a really cool story. Um, you grew up in Italy, to New York, to all of your adventures in real estate. So I think it'll really hit home to our audience today. Um, a lot of them are in the agricultural community. So I think they can feel your pains on a certain level. Um, but yeah, uh, I think it'd be awesome if you could give a short bio. Real quick. I mean, I could probably spend the next 30 minutes just talking about the story because it's it's really extensive. My parents both grew up in Italy. They came here. Uh, my father back in the late 50s, early 60s, my mom, early 60s, they were both farmers in Italy. And I just shared the story with you. You know, over here, you farm, you have a little farm, you know, farm in the backyard, you don't grow crops, something happens. It's okay. In Italy, if it's the summertime, you're growing potatoes and your potatoes don't last, something happens. Well, you're going to starve in the wintertime, basically. <laughs> That's what ends yeah. up happening there. And it happens once, twice, three times. But both my parents got sick and tired of it. And they left Italy and they came here. They met here. I got, you know, I was born in 1970. And back then, my father was in the restaurant business, and he was already working hard. Immigrants have that you know, hard work mentality, that work ethic. And back then, working hard did equate to making a good living. My father opened up a restaurant in the late 70s. I was a young little kid going to work with him. I thought it was awesome. I loved working with my, with my pops. And we ended up opening up a restaurant in 1994 together. And I remember that uh, I had worked for AIG. I went to college, you know, went to the college thing. All, all the immigrant parents want you to go to college and, you know, get that thing. And I was the first one in my family, yep. big deal. And I went there and I really hated the cubicle lifestyle. I just did not want to work in New York City. I was going down. This is pre Giuliani. So it was just terrible. New York City ended up opening a restaurant with him and my mom and my brother. And I worked at the restaurant for a good 20 years. And 2008 was that inflection point for a lot of people. And that's when all of a sudden I said to myself, my father just passed away. Mm. I'm working here, working harder, making less. Do I want to be doing this? How do I secure a future? At the time, I only had four kids. I've got six kids now. And I'm saying to myself, I can't be doing this on one income where it's transactional. Every yeah. week, you go in there, you make money. One week you do, one week you don't. You have thunderstorms, you lose power, you have snow, and it, it it really grinds on you. And that's the only lifestyle that I knew. I grew up in that, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners out there feel the same way. That's It's part of their life. They love what they do, but there is risk in that. And I was always under the assumption that harder you work, the more money you're going to make. And that's just not true. You In this economy, you can't trade time for dollars. And I was trading time for dollars, and, and that – Fortunately for my dad and his generation worked really well, but for us right now, that just does not work well. And what I ended up doing was learning about multifamily, made a few terrible investments early on, the early to mid 2000s. Oh, we got to hear about those. Uh, dude, first deal, <laughs> 2006, mobile home park, wrong partner, 172K down the tubes. And it was my Ooh. fault. Ultimately, I was blaming everybody else, but it was my fault because uh, yeah. I didn't do due diligence. It's all about responsibility. I read the book T. Harv Eker in 2008, and he says your fruits are in your roots, and it's about being responsible. And I was blaming the economy. I was blaming the president. I was blaming everything back then, CMBS, when in reality, there were people out there making millions of dollars, and I wasn't one of them. So I went down the path of, I like real estate. 
I can't do anything as far as single family or fixing and flipping. I need to do something where I can start passively, where I can do something part-time. And multifamily was perfect because I could buy a fourplex. I can buy a 10-unit, still have the restaurant, but still devote some time to that. And I met Jake in 2009. He was a pharmaceutical rep, so hence the pizza guy and the drug rep. We partnered up in 2011. He moves to Knoxville. And in 2013, 18 months after looking for our deal, we found our first deal in 2013. And the rest is history. But for those of them out there, you know, I struggled because I really loved what I did. I loved the restaurant. But it was a certain point where in your life, you become uncomfortable and, and that uncomfortableness really starts to bother you, starts to gnaw at you. You know that we're built for something better. You know that there's more out there. You just need to surround yourself with people who have more experience, who have more, I guess, more skill sets. I didn't have enough skills to make the money that I'm making now 10 years ago. And that's just part of that personal development path that I went back on in 2015. And like I said, I've been able to, with Jake, to scale over to 1500 units in about seven or eight years with Jake. And we've got a great, we've got a great uh, community of mentorship. We've got the education, we've got our own investment company. So it's really come full circle for me, but you know, from that one restaurant to over 1500 apartment units, it's been, it's been a good ride. Yeah. Thanks for that, Gino. And that's a really good, it's a really cool story. And I just love the fact that you took it upon yourself. You took ownership of the mistakes from the first bad deal you owned up to it. You figured it out. You didn't make those mistakes again. You changed your mindset. I mean, what what were you thinking during that process, during that mind shift? Because it feels like that's like the biggest thing um, for for me at least, and a lot of a lot of listeners and other investors out there. Um, like mindset is the key. It, it seems like is the determining factor. Um, do you agree with that or? Hundred percent, you know, eighty percent mechanical, eighty percent psychological, twenty percent mechanical. Any monkey can learn about a cap rate or cash on cash return. Your behaviors are belief driven. If you believe you can do it, then you can do it. It's as simple as that. People view multifamily as this pie in the sky. I can't own that apartment complex. I'm going to stick to single family because I'm comfortable with that. There's nothing wrong with that, but it really does come down to your behaviors and what your beliefs are. And more importantly for me in 2008, 2009, what got me off my butt was I just got mad. I was angry with myself. And there's two types of energy. There's catabolic and there's anabolic. Catabolic is negative, draining. I was really upset with my situation. And when you're upset, all of a sudden you start taking some type of action. When you're sitting there and you're just uncomfortable, but not really, you're not really going to take action. I got to the point in my life where you want to call it a midlife crisis, mid thirties, unsatisfied. I tried to find another path. If you're not at that point in life, you may not take action. Now, the problem is I was not, I was motivated, but I didn't have clarity, right? So if you don't have clarity, you're not going to really take that next step. When I became clear on multifamily and I became clear on my next steps, all of a sudden that motivation came to me even more. I was going in a restaurant Mondays on my day off to do caterings, making 200 bucks to do caterings on Monday on my day off to work a half a day. That started to piss me off. Uh, the fact that I would come home tired, my kids would see me upset. My kids would see me like trying to equate hard work with really not with really negative negative thoughts about being about hard work. I want to be a role model to my kids. All of that fueled my desire to become successful in something else and to achieve something. So for me, 
when I started going to life coaching school is when everything changed for me as far as mindset. I wanted some personal development. I had been listening to Tony Robbins, Zig Ziglar, Norman Vincent Peale, Jim Rome. I mean, the list goes on and on. I've been listening to them for years and it really helped me. But then when I went to coaching school and I really started working on myself, started working on my goals, started working on my listening skills, my empowering questions, my, you know, my vision itself and habits, all that started taking shape. And it really led me to create a plan for myself and say, well, multifamily is great, but why multifamily? And what's the yeah. next steps? And for me, it's it really is all about mindset. We can sit here and say to ourselves, yeah, but I don't have the money. Well, how many people do you know started out with a ton of money? Most people who create a business don't have money, whether it's Zuckerberg, whether it's Dell, whether it's Microsoft, whether it's Steve Jobs, they have the idea and they have the mindset and they have the desire and the drive and the why to do it, the money will follow. I mean, most of us use that as an excuse. I didn't have the money either. I ended up partnering with Jake. I learned the skill set of multifamily. And since then, with the coaching and with the accountability, I think it's led us to that to our success. Mm -hmm. And you are a coach right now, right? Yes. Well, uh, I, I became certified as a life coach. Yeah, that's what Unfo it is. Unfortunately, when people join the Jake and Gino mentorship, they're at the point where they want to be told what to do. So coaching is one aspect of I'm asking you questions and, mm -hmm. and we all have the answers to our lives inside of us, right? That's the thing. A life coach really should be detached, asking questions and pulling questions out mm -hmm. from Casey. What do you want to do? Why do you want to do that? What does your look, life look like in five years? Those are life coaching questions. We do more of a consultant-based you know, coaching in Jake and Gino because they're coming here. They're saying to me, Gino, I have this much money. I want to look at this investment. Okay, then I'm going there and actually telling them this is a great market. This is the strategy. So coaching and consulting, they're two different ventures. I would say I blend a little bit of both because at mm -hmm. some points, people are going to have a rough time in multifamily or in any venture because it's something new. I mean, we go to college yeah. for four years and try to learn something in four years and then get out and go get a job and, and do something. People expect to pick up a book and become a proficient investor after six months. It's not going to happen. So you really need to know what your why is. You really need to know what you're doing this for. So you really need to blend a little bit of life coaching in there and mindset along with those skills. It's education times action equals results. You need to educate yourself on the front end. Then you need to take action, which I think is part of the mindset. And ultimately, that will lead you to your results. Yeah, Gino, that's great stuff. I couldn't agree more. It The vision is so important. It's like waking up 530. Think about your vision. Who are you doing this for at the end of the day? Um, it's that That's what keeps me going. But anyway, let's, let's rip that down into even more. I would say steps where people right now can say to themselves, okay, how do I do that? And what mm. I would say is just use Stephen Covey's you know, start with the end in mind. I think most people don't do that. There's two things that everyone should do once they get off this podcast. What did you, what do you want your life to look like in 30 years or 40 years or five years? I mean, what's the end look like for you, whether you're sitting on your funeral bed or, or whether you're going to be retiring, what does that look like? I mean, we all have a picture of what we want to do, whether it's traveling, whether it's building a business, whether it's retiring, whether it's, I, I don't know what it is for you, but for me, I don't see myself ever retiring. I see myself continuing to grow the Jake and Gina education. I continue to see myself continuing to invest in assets, growing a personal finance academy for the youth. People, financial intelligence can change the world for the better. Those are mm -hmm. all actions that I see myself in the future. So what do I need to do today? Reverse engineering that, doing that today. And I think the second thing people need to do is really focus on what your values are. What are your values? And reason why every 
action, every decision you make needs to be based on your values. We call it values-based decision-making. So if you're all about integrity, if you're all about hard work, if you're all about family, well, are you going to decide to join Jake and Gino and start Jake and Gino and be away every weekend and not see the family? No, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start Jake and Gino, but I'm going to incorporate my family and I'm not going away every weekend. I'll do three or four events a year. I'll work on my schedule. But that's the thing. We have to really figure out what our values are and every decision. And that's why multifamily for us is, is ideal because I can build a business around it. I have a long-term mentality. So long-term multifamily is awesome. I don't have the shiny mm -hmm. object syndrome. So crypto, stay away. Single family homes, <laughs> stay away. So I'm focused on that. So for everybody out there, start with the end in mind. What do you want your life to look like? And what you want your, what, well, well, what your values are. They may change over time because you may not have a family right now, but the three years from now, you may have a family and say, hey, this is what I'm focused on. So figure out what those two components are and let's start making decisions based on those two components. Yeah, I, I love that. So how did that work out for you? Like, what was your end in mind? Was that a certain monthly income number? Or was it time a certain amount of time with your family? What exactly was it for you? So people can maybe um, model it or something so similar, perhaps short term, I buy my first deal in 2013 with Jake. And my goal I had heard this over and over again. You've got six kids. You've got six weddings. You've got six blah, blah, six college. All I wanted to do is make a couple grand a month in passive income to help me with my, with my restaurant, to be able to pay my bills. I'm in New York, a lot of property taxes. So that was my immediate goal. And then we bought our second deal. I'm like, huh, I, I'm going to start expanding. And then I wrote an income number monthly, a cash flow number monthly. And then 2016 comes, 2015, actually in October. And I'm like saying to myself, I see the light at the end of the tunnel. I can actually leave my restaurant. I didn't think I could, but at one point we had bought enough deals and enough units. I'm like, okay, how does that work? So what I did was I stopped working at the restaurant Monday through Friday. I dedicated it to real estate Saturday and Sunday. I worked at the restaurant. I did that for six months in March of 2016. I leave the restaurant and go into real estate full time. It was really an action plan and it evolved. Because you can't see to yourself, I'm making you know $100,000 a year, which is like equating to nine grand a month. I want to make 30 grand a month in passive income. That's very hard for the linear mind to see. So I, for me, that end in mind was ultimately leaving the restaurant on my first deal. I couldn't picture it, but I could say to myself, mm. I see all these different buckets of income coming in. How do I make it out? And I threw a wild number out there. And I remember taking a picture of it with my wife. And I'm like, 2017, I far exceeded that number. And that's, I think, how you do it. Just try to figure out what you're trying to accomplish. And for me, it was all about trying to hit an income number. And then once you hit that income number, it's like, okay, now I've got options. I've got optionality where I can just leave my whatever current job I'm doing and focus on real estate. And I had mm -hmm. started focusing on the properties with Jake, but then I'm like, Jake, you're in Knoxville. You're managing the properties. I can move down to Jacksonville and increase the portfolio here. I moved to Florida near the beach where I'd always wanted to be warm weather. And I started the Jake and Gino community because I didn't buy any properties down here. So that, so that was another inflection point where I'm like, okay, let's start an education company. Didn't know anything about that, but I love teaching. I love coaching. And the next five or six years, we've, we've been growing that. And it's really what we call multifaceted and multifamily because we've got the investments. Now we've got the education company that they work so well and well, well hand in hand together. And mm -hmm. I've been able to podcast and interview other experts and it's been able to help us become much better investors as well. Yeah. And it's it has to be rewarding as well when you teach and coach people and it really impacts their lives. Because money at the end of the day, you can make a lot of it, but 
I don't know, seems like impacting positively on people's lives makes it all worthwhile. Tony Robbins talks about the six human needs. The first four are fundamental, certainty, uncertainty, significance, connection. We, we all need those four. But most of us pretty much have those set. You know, the fifth one, the sixth one, the ones where you're starting to reach, it's growth and contribution. We want to continue to grow. And those of us who want to lead empowering lives need to have that fifth and sixth one. We want to grow. We want to continue to learn. That's why people who retire and they have nothing to do end up dying a couple of years after they hit retirement because they, there's no more growth left. You're either growing or dying. And the sixth one is contribution. Those of us who can contribute to others and create impact to others, it's really amazing. And that me, once I became financially free, I realized it wasn't really about making money. It was about chasing opportunity because when you chase money, like you do in a W-2, it's really hard to come across that money. But when you chase the opportunity, the money will follow. When you start providing value to mm. others, all of a sudden the money follows. Money's just the result, right? Profit's the fuel. It's not the destination. Most of us think that profit is the destination. That's what we need to reach. But it's just the fuel that will allow you to get that destination to wherever you want to go. Because I, what I noticed was as I made more money, I didn't need to buy more things. I wanted to have my basic, my necessities paid for. If I wanted to go on a vacation, great. I didn't have to stress about it. If I had to pay my kids dentist braces, didn't have to stress about it. That was what, for me, that was my values. So once you achieve that, that is off the table. But when I was working at the restaurant, I couldn't create impact for others on a scale that I am right now. I could still donate my time. I could still go out and help, you know, the less fortunate. I could still, you know, I was a great chef. So I'd go down and cook for people. But now I'm able to do it on a much bigger scale. And like you said, our students have closed over 50,000 units. They purchased over $4 billion in assets. Over 70 of our students have quit their W-2 jobs in the last three years. If you think about that, that's amazing impact. And, and it's really, my wife tells me to tell me to be humble, but that's, to me, I take that to heart. That's a lot of fun. That's what fuels me. We just had an event this past weekend. We had 50 students on a bus tour. So going out there and having those relationships, because I think part of life is about making money, but it's also about creating those relationships that last forever. And knowing that you think 70 people left their W-2 jobs, but those are 70 families who have impacted hundreds and hundreds. They've got kids, they've got grandkids, they've got cousins. Think about all the impact that you create. And once you're able to focus on that and create value, the marketplace will recognize that value that you created. That's huge. That's such a big impact, man. Mm. I, it's hard to kind of fathom it. Um, but I mean, each year you, you teach these students. I mean, how many people or students go through your program each year? On average, well, since we started, there's probably over a thousand students, mentorship students in the community. So those are people okay. who pay us to mentor since we started. We started in October of 2016 where we launched it. So it's gotten more and more robust every year. Obviously, we started with really with a low price point, but now we have coaching, we have online, you know, boot camps, we have people coming out to our events. We have five events a year just for the Jake and Gino community. And it's it's grown tremendously. And then obviously, if people want to go listen to a podcast, it's online podcast. We write blogs, we've written books and all. So it's just wherever people are. To us, I think to become successful, you really need to invest in yourself. And you know, 500 bucks, thousand bucks. That's great to start, but really to invest in yourself and to say to yourself, I'm serious about something. I've invested, I don't know, probably over half a million bucks at least in my education. Started from the mentorships that I did in 2008. I started with two different mentorships in coaching and actually in real estate. 
Then I started a third one that I needed to learn how to raise capital. Then I started one about life coaching. Then we started doing something about scaling up. You know, I never scaled up a company. How do you scale up a company? Mm -hmm. Well, we had to do coaching on scaling up, then speaker coaching, then actually getting coaching on putting on events. So it's been a natural progression where you invest in yourself. Someone said it, I think it's Alex Ramosi, invest in the SME, not the S&P. I think if people can invest in themselves, (laughs) that money will come back. It's a great saying, isn't it? I can't. It's so good. Yeah. But it's true though, right? We're able, we're the what it's being about responsible, just shipping off the money to Wall Street and all that's great. Part yeah. of it, save the money to buy an asset, not to give it to Wall Street, or save the money to invest in yourself, and that money will come back with you tenfold. Because I'm able to teach a lot of our students the stuff that I've learned as well. So it's just increasing your skill set and increasing your knowledge will increase ultimately your value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Completely agree, Gino. I would like to backtrack just a little bit when we were talking about Tony Robbins and you mentioned, you know, growth versus fixed mindset. How has those two dualities kind of played into your investment philosophy over time and really contributing to others? We did a podcast with a gentleman named Eduardo Brisenis. He was the uh, Carol Dweck wrote a book called Mindset. He was the case study that Carol Dweck had in the book. Everyone should read that book, Mindset. Easy book to yep. read. And I mean, she repeats a lot of the stuff in the book, but because I think she wants to really hammer at home how simple the concepts are. You know, a fixed mindset. Take a look at John McEnroe. John McEnroe is a fixed mindset. Amazing tennis player, but it's always somebody else's fault. The sawdust, it's cold, the noise, he had the flu. Then you have the growth mindset, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan played with the flu. Michael Jordan actually quit basketball at the peak to go play baseball. And everyone thought he was a failure. But that's the growth mindset because he still made the major leagues in baseball. And then he ended up leaving baseball to go back to basketball. So it's all about that growth in yourself and saying, I don't have these fixed, mutable characteristics. I can learn and I can grow. Whereas the person who has that fixed mindset is saying to themselves, I'm born this way. I can't change myself. And we all know those people because it's hard. And, you know, in every aspect of our lives, we have fixed mindsets in certain aspects and we have growth mindset in certain aspects. For me, the fixed mindset early on was at that restaurant. Mm. I can only have one restaurant. I'm not a great business owner. I don't want to hire people. All these employees stink. But to get out of that fixed mindset is really being able to surround yourself with amazing people. I met Jake as a business partner and I wanted it so bad. And I got out of that business to go into another business. Then you start reading those personal development books and you start surrounding yourself with great people. And the growth mindset to me took hold and said, Hey, we're out here. We're going to make mistakes. Mistakes are, can be a good thing. The fixed mindset says I've got problems. The growth mind says I've got problems, but where's the opportunity in this problem? That's the big difference. And for me, you're always going to have problems. You're always going to have, whether it's money problems, business problems, family problems, there's always opportunities that come from those problems. And I think adopting the growth mindset, it's just liberating because you're never, nobody's ever perfect in this world. We're all thought that we look at the, the model of perfection and these people, you know, we can take sports athletes. You think they, they, you know, you look at them on TV and they're doing this. They put a lot of work and effort into their craft. There's no one who's born with these skills. The person with a fixed mindset is going to say he's a natural or she's a natural. There's no yeah. one born natural. And they may have natural tendencies, but they have to work really hard to get to that. And I think the growth mindset allows you to make mistakes, take bumps, but know why you're doing this and know that it's all about that process of growth to get to the goal that you're trying to achieve. Yeah. Is it fair to say that 
you have 99 problems, but a fixed mindset isn't one of them. Sometimes that you sometimes you do you're that fixed mindset will call back into you and, and you say to yourself, Oh, uh, but I, I don't because it's it, business is all about learning. My our stuck point right now is marketing. Marketing is challenging right now in this era with Facebook constantly changing, Google constantly changing. I'm not a Lambo guy. So how do you get out the message of being a multifamily investor and trying to keep it high level at the same time? I'm not doing TikTok either. So there's the fixed mindset. Should I be doing TikTok? Don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm on Instagram reels and YouTube reels. So you're always combating those two, but having a great team around you and getting great advice. And they, the biggest thing that will kill any business or any person is ego. Once you get ego involved and you're saying to yourself, game over. So you really need to try to extract the ego from it and say, okay, the fixed mindset's got a really big ego and it's stopping me from listening to others. The growth mindset is I need to be a leader and I need to get input from everybody else and see what happens and see how I can actually plan. So, I mean, we all have it all creeps upon us. It just depends upon if you have a big enough team or who your support group is around you that will actually call BS on you and say, Hey, listen, you know, fixed mindset right there. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out my social strategies right now as well. And there's so many options. It seems like you just have to, or for me, I just need to go put the pedal to the metal and try one of them. Whereas, because yeah, I don't have as many resources as you. So it's kind of a strange, but I didn't have that many resources when we started out. And the funny thing is the fixed mindset is, Oh, I look terrible on camera. I did two podcasts, I did two YouTube videos, quit done. I got six likes. Well, I mean, I've been doing podcasts for the last six years. We, we, we've just hit 4 million downloads. It's taken me six wow. years to do that. Now, on, on average, we get about 150,000 downloads a month, but it didn't start that way. Our first couple of podcasts were really painful. The fixed mindset would have said to me after five podcasts, we said, Gino, you suck. Let's just shut this thing down, and that's it. The growth mindset said, hey, sooner or later, I'm going to get good at this. I might as well have fun with Jake. I may learn something, and whatever happens, happens. I'm not worried about monetizing this thing. I'm just going to have fun. No. And I think if we can you know, approach every single aspect of our life that way, it's more liberating. Our happiness is not dependent upon a result. Our happiness is dependent upon what we're doing in the moment and trying to get better. I think that's the growth mindset is my happiness comes upon when I achieve something, but getting better at something, growing at something. Whereas the fixed mindset is like, man, if I don't get a hundred likes or if I don't get a thousand downloads, I'm a failure. That's the fixed mindset. That's this, that's the danger of having the fixed mindset versus the growth mindset saying that whatever the outcome is, it is, I'm just going to learn from that outcome and I'm going to get better from that outcome. Couldn't agree more, Gino. Well, is there anything else? We've covered so many topics. I've really enjoyed today's discussion. Is there anything else that you would like to leave the listeners um, contact info or, or one more tidbit of advice? Um, no pressure, though. No, what I would say is I, I thought we we're going to talk a little about passive income. And, and what I would really you know, challenge all the listeners out there, if they haven't read the book, it's a simple book. One of the books that really started me out early on was The Richest Man in Babylon. Just read that book. It's such a simple book. And wealth, creating wealth, it's not supposed to be difficult. It's not supposed to be complicated. It's actually rather easy, believe it or not, if you follow the rules of money, if you follow the rules of gold and the richest man, and if you give yourself time. You don't need 30 years to create wealth. You just need to follow the rules. Read that book because I, what I love about it, really simple. Start saving money, live below your means, make your house profitable, learn the craft that you're in. So if you're going to get into multifamily before you give somebody 50,000 bucks, make sure you invest in yourself and you know how to underwrite a deal. You know how to select the market. You know how to select a sponsor. 
And it's the same thing with the stock market. Don't start trading stocks if you don't know what you're doing. Learn the genre that you're going to get into. And then ultimately, pick something that you really like. We love multifamily. It's a basic human need. You may not like real estate. Find something that you really enjoy. It could be trading crypto. It'd be trading stocks. Whatever that is, learn that. Give yourself time to learn it and stick in it with the long term. And don't get that shiny object syndrome. Focus on the long term. The fixed mindset is going to say to you, oh, Stocks, nope, down, Dow's down 800 today. I'm going to jump to another venture. Oh, crypto's down 50%. That's what the fixed mindset does. The growth mindset says, I need to invest for the long term. Just go to jakeandgino.com. We've got all our podcasts there, our books, our education. We have an event November 5th and 6th, this November 5th and 6th in Orlando. We call it the Financial Vacation for Smart People. It's in Orlando. It's a, it's a multifamily mastery conference. It's a lot of fun. If you got a family and you want to go to Orlando and go to Disney, we're 10 minutes from Disney, and it's just a great event. There's going to be over 1,000 people at this event. So if you're looking for more information, just go to jakeandgino.com, and you'll find it there. I love it, Gino. Thanks again, man. And to all the listeners out there, you know what to do, but hope you got a lot out of this episode. I know I did. So till next time, see you, everyone. Thanks, Gino. Thanks, Casey.